0: We are continuing our series, Seek, and you will find, we just picked this up last week. Um, and we, last week we dove into this word, this idea of seek. You read through scripture, and this is a word that pops up a lot. In fact, it pops up 95 times in 93 verses. Um, that's significant. Um, and there's a reason the Old Testament uses the word seek, and not look for, or, you know, have a peek, um, Seek doesn't have this idea of just simply looking, but it is this idea of giving your all. It is a desire. It is a craving. It's something that just can't be satisfied until it's either found or achieved. Seeking asks all of us. And so we, last week we looked at this, the verse of how we're supposed to seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. So how does that look? Well, it, it, it asks all of us. <laughs> and we were reminded that not only are we to seek, the reason we are called to seek God in that way is because God first sought us that way. And we have all these parables. The big one we looked at last week was how uh, God sought you out the way that a shepherd leaves 99 and goes looks for one. Now for us, that seems reckless. That seems like a waste of time. I admitted if I had 99 of the one, 1%, we're doing good, right? Like, we'll lose the one, I got the majority, but that's not how God sees it. God sees every one of us as as valuable, and he will leave the 99 to come look for us, and he didn't just do it when we got saved, he does it every single day. You are not alone, you're not abandoned, you're not on your own, God is always and forever seeking you relentlessly, and in the same way, God says, same way I seek you, I'm just asking you to imitate me and seek after me. And so this morning, we're going to add to this idea. Last week was kind of seek after the kingdom. I'm going to add one more thing for us to seek. But it's not just in the realm of our faith. What we're going to see this morning is seek has the ramifications for every relationship in our life. And so I want to, before I get too far ahead of myself, we're in Romans 2. We're gonna, you can turn there if you want. We're just going to be bouncing around. We're not going to park in one spot too long. But Romans 2 starting in verse 28, says this, uh, For you are not a true Jew because you were born of Jewish parents or because you have gone through the ceremony of circumcision. No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law, rather it is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. And that last part there's that word. A person with a changed heart seeks praise from God. In Hebrews 11, it says that uh, those that <coughs> believe in God also believe that he rewards those who seek after him. And I don't know if you ever thought of this idea that we're supposed to seek after God's praise. We're supposed to seek after God's affirmation. But the reason that Paul is saying this to this Roman church, um, we looked at Romans in Bible study last year, this is a letter written by Paul to a group of people he's never met. He doesn't know what they know, he doesn't know what they believe, but what he does know is that there's a group of Jews in this church. And there was this misconception at the time that the Jewish people believed that because they were Jewish, because they could trace their lineage to Abraham, that's all they needed. They had the law. God came and visited them. They are the promised people. And so they could live however they wanted. It didn't matter because, well, I'm the promised people. I'm I'm set. I'm good. And what Paul was saying is, no, you're not a Jew simply because you were born to the right family. You're a Jew when you live like one. When you actually allow God's word to circumcise your heart of all that doesn't belong so that what remains is something that is renewed, refreshed, and loves God and is willing to do whatever it takes to serve Him. And I wonder if Paul was writing this letter, he would say the same thing to the church. Because there's, again, this misconception that, well, I prayed a prayer once, I show up at church three times a year, and I, you know, I, I give, if I have change in my pocket, like, I, I, I've checked all the boxes, you know, I'm, I'm a good person, but God says, no, it's not just about praying a prayer once, it's not just giving your, your bare minimum, you you need to be changed. There needs to be evidence. It needs to just course through your whole being, through your whole life. There, people should see that you are different. And the evidence of the fact that the Holy Spirit has done a good work in your heart is that you will seek the praises of God over the praises of men. It's quite a, quite a litmus test if you ask me. So what does it look like for God to praise you? Uh, If you look through scripture, God is actually quite willing to sing the praises of his people. Uh, Acts 13 says this about David. But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. A man after my own heart heart. What praise from God? Uh, Job. Satan is standing before Job, and God says, the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. Wow. The finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Matthew Jesus in the parables, he says this, the master is full of praise. Well done, good and faithful servant. Wow. What praise. What, what affirmation from our Heavenly Father. You've been faithful in handling this small moment, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Later on in that same chapter, the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. God is not a God who withholds his, his praise. <coughs> And it's interesting because this whole idea of seeking is like, do we need to seek to find God? No, God is not hiding. Like, you can't find me this time. Like, God is here to be found. The same way we don't look for God's kingdom like it was some big secret, we seek God's kingdom because we want it realized in our world. Well, the same way is that we don't seek God's praise because he's withholding it. No, God is a good father. As we as parents are all too eager to sing the praises of our kids, right? As soon as our kids do something awesome, the world is going to know about it because our kids are awesome and we want to praise them and we want to celebrate them. Well, where do you get that from? You get it from your Heavenly Father. He wants to do the same for you. He wants to celebrate you. He wants to just sing your praises and lift you high and He wants to reward you if you want it. So to seek God's praise is not as if it's something that is hidden. It's not like it's something to be earned, but it's something to achieve, to live a life that is worthy of his praise. Because when we go into the Old Testament, we go through 2 Kings, we see this record of the kings, and they got one of two scores. The first score, if you were a good king, said you did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the time, just like your father David did. So they, they lived the life, and God was willing to give them the praise they deserved. You're a good king. You did what was right. I celebrate that. Or he was a bad king. He did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord, just like his ancestors before him. It's the second grade is, you didn't want the praise so you're not getting it. It's not that God withhold it. It was just, I'm going to live my own life. I don't care about your praise, God. I don't care about your instructions. I'm going to do my own thing. And God's like, okay, have fun. When it doesn't work out, I'll be here. But if you want it, if you want God to praise you, if you want God to be proud of you, you want to honor him. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll follow my commands you'll live the life. You'll, you'll own the fact that you are a changed person. And when you walk in step with that, God's going to praise you. He's going to say all kinds of great and amazing things about you. <coughs> I was thinking about it and I was praying about it. I realized that this doesn't just apply to our relationship with God. As Romans 2 said, we When your heart is changed by the Spirit, you're going to seek the praises of God, not man. So God is the priority. Number one, I want God to praise me above people. I'm going to seek it, and I will sacrifice man's praise if it means I can get more praise from God. So that's number one. But then it it spreads out. The same applies if you follow the model in Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 talks about how we are children of light, and we live a certain way because we're children of light. We're seeking the praise of our Heavenly Father. What's the next one? It's our spouse. You should seek the adoration and the praise of your spouse above everyone else. Men, you should seek the praise and adoration of your wife above every other woman. Ladies, you should seek the praise and adoration and honor of your husband above all other men because if you dabble into the rest of it, that's where you're getting into trouble. applies to both, not just ladies. I didn't want, it just to be clear, I'm not picking on one over the other. Right? If you want to grow in your marriage, you are going to prioritize your spouse. You're going to seek to make them proud and live a life that, is, that they are proud of you and they want to talk about you. And it doesn't matter what other people say. As long as my spouse is proud of me, I'm good. Next on Ephesians 5, it gets to our family. Right? It doesn't matter what the other kids say about me as long as my daughters and my son are proud of me. It doesn't matter who else looks up to me as long as my kids love Jesus and want to follow my footsteps and one day want to be like me and be like their mom. I don't care what other kids say. And there's a few neighbor kids that have learned that the hard way. Like, I ain't gonna tell on your daughter. I don't care. Go away. My kid's fine. Why? Because I love my kids. I'm not, I'm not blind. I know that they make mistakes. That's, don't think I think they're just like, oh, angels. But I like, I want my kids to be proud of me, I want my kids to look up to me. And that requires time, that requires effort. I want my parents to be proud of me. I want to be a good son. Right? Because that's my inner circle. God, spouse, family, and the next one's the church. First Timothy talks about, <clears throat> well, 1 Timothy talks about managing your family well, but he talks about how if you need to be a leader in the church, you should have a good reputation from people outside the church. Well, in order to be a leader in the church, you've got to have a good reputation within the church. If we're thinking within growing circles, our faith family is the next one. So we should want our our church to be proud of us. We should want our church to celebrate with us and be proud of us and and be like, look at this person. Look at how great they are. Because we're so proud that they are a part of what we're doing. To the point where I don't care what the community says. I mean, I want the community to like me too, obviously. We want to have a witness, but more importantly, I want my church to like me. I want the pastor to be proud of me. I want, I want to seek the praise of my church. And for those of you that are sitting there and being like, man, that's a long list. That seems like a lot of work. Guess what? Newsflash. Here's a cheat code. If you focus on seeking the praises of God and living a life that is worthy of that praise, it's going to sift down. Because God calls you to be loving Well, guess what? You gotta practice being loving on your spouse and your kids and your parents and your church. You gotta practice being humble and forgiving and generous with your spouse and with your kids and with your parents and with your church. You put your faith in the practice in these relationships. And this is so countercultural because what our culture says is you know, these circles are really hard. Just become a, a YouTube star. Just become a social media influencer. Just get really good at playing video games and have an impact on people you will never meet. Have an impact on all these faceless hashtag at like accounts. Just be popular with them. How many times are we going to turn on the TV and another famous person, their marriage has fallen apart or their kids have gone astray? Why? Because they're more important than selling their movie millions of times to a bunch of people they'll never meet instead of actually focusing on the most important relationships that God has given them. God comes into our culture and says there is a different expectation. And the different expectation is this. You start with God. And you seek his praise. And you seek his honor. And you seek him to say big and great things for you. About you. And then you seek your spouse. And then you seek your kids. And then you seek your parents. And then you seek your church. Because these are what really, truly matter. You want to grow in your faith? You want to put your faith into action? You want to... Become the man and the woman that God has called you to be? Start here. Seek the praises of God. Live a life that God is proud of and wants to talk about. I don't know about you, but I want God to say, that is a guy after my own heart. I want And I think all of us have heard the message. If you've been a part of church, you've heard this before, and I'm going to say it again. We've all heard those sweet words. We want to stand before our Savior and our Messiah at the end of the days and hear those words, well done. Well done. Well, that is not a roll of the dice, boy. I sure hope I get the good one because the alternative is not so good. If you have the goal, You'll live accordingly. You'll live to achieve the goal. So my question for you this morning, and it's all all on your tables, but I want to throw it out to you and throw it out to online. Whose praises are you seeking? Whose approval are you really going after? And this morning I invite you to take some time and discuss. And I want you at your tables to not just come up with answers, but I want you this week to hold each other accountable because I've been watching, and everyone tends to sit with the same people, so there should be a little bit of trust building here. So I want you to trust each other enough to say, you know what, I want to you know, work on my, my marriage. I want my spouse to be proud of me, and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this to flesh that out a little bit more. I want to pr- work on attaining God's praises, and I, I don't know what that looks like. Does anyone at my table have any ideas? Flesh it out. Be the family of God. Discuss. Get into it. And then hold each other accountable to it. And amazing things are going to happen when you're willing to do that. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to turn it over to the discussion time. Everyone online, you are dismissed after the prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, (coughs) that we can come. God, I thank you that the way you seek us and the way that we praise you God, you want to praise us like like a good father praises his sons and his daughters. And so, God, I want to live a life that makes you proud. Not that you would withhold love, not that you would withhold yourself from us, but, but God, I want you to say great and amazing things about me. And I want you to say great and amazing things about all of us. And so, Spirit, as the seal of our salvation, as the seal of everything that is in us, strengthen us to be the men and women you've called us to be. Strengthen us, God, to be the men and women who get the praises of our Heavenly Father. God, may we be markedly different. And as we seek your praise, God, may we seek to grow in our relationship with our spouse. May we seek to grow in our relationship with our family. May we seek to grow in our relationship with our church. These four amazingly important relationships you've entrusted to us. God, may we not take them lightly. In fact, may we be willing to sacrifice all other relationships that those four may grow. Father, we love you. Give me all our praise and thanks. Be with us as we discuss. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.